You're listening to the IVP Heat Seekers Podcast, part of the rotoheat.com family of podcasts. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is Monday night. It is August 24th. You are watching or potentially listening to the IDP Heat Streakers, Heat Seekers live stream and podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brad Menendez, at Rotoheat Brad over on Twitter. And per my usual Monday affairs, I've got Craig Reith and Paul Veldman. Uh, I would ask Paul how he's doing, but I know he's doing really well. It's been a great night for him. Craig, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. It's always nice to come here and end a Monday night. It was my day off. We got a lot of done. A lot of done. We got a lot done. Um, we're all having uh, verbal miscues, it seems. But uh, last couple hours at home, been rough getting the kids to bed and all that. Um, just one unfortunate thing after the other. So good to come here and relax and get towards the end of the night. How are you doing there? Uh, besides Brad's uh, comments, how are you doing, Paul? Uh uh, the work, uh, the work day was hard. Weekend was fun. Watching the Indy 500 didn't end how it should have, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always interesting when you join a league and you quit it within 24 hours because the people <laughs> running it are, um, not smart. I'll just, I'll just leave it there and won't elaborate. Yeah. I mean, hey, Brad, how are you? It's. As the guy who's had to deal with uh, all that, it's definitely been interesting for sure. You know, it, it, people, this is a, this is proof, and obviously none of you are going to know the situation, but this is proof to plan ahead. If you don't plan properly and you wait till last minute to do things, you get what you get, and that's on you. Uh, but either way, I mean, I am perfectly fine. I mean, you know, having 10 to 15 emails and Facebook messages from a free redraft league is not my way to start an evening, but you know, whatever truth be told it, the world will still keep moving and spinning. And, uh, I really didn't focus on it because I had to show pre- prepare for or remotely prepare for. Uh, so for those of you that are out there, don't forget, check rotoheat.com. Uh, we're pumping out tons of content, not only for redraft, but, uh, I post a little snippet, you know, um, spoiler for our news, you know, Earl Thomas got released, but I posted a snippet talking about one of his potential replacements, uh, at least the one that I would expect to be his potential replacement, because it's probably the only true free safety that they've got, um, and Deshaun Elliott. So rotoheat.com, I have a little blurb up there, if he's fantasy relevant, and uh, kind of what, what my take is on him in this whole situation. Um, so, you know, go check it out. But that being said, Earl Thomas, no more in Baltimore. Hasn't really been IDP relevant in a little bit now. Uh, Craig, how do you feel about that move? Does it make any sense to you? Where do you see him going? And is he going to be IDP relevant ever again? In certain leagues, he certainly could be. I think it kind of depends on what he has around him. If you're thinking that he's going to go to a, which I would suspect, a veteran team where he has a chance to compete for a title, which it you know kind of seemed like he was angling for before, it's a team that really has any shot. They probably aren't doing terribly in the secondary. And it also really depends on how they're going to use them. You know, are they going to use them sort of as that center field position? Because it would limit his scoring opportunities. Um, as far as spots, I mean, you can find 10 to 15 potential spots. I and mean, who knows where he's going to go. Dallas is the one that's talked about a lot because they've made overtures to try to get a hold of him before. They have uh, Xavier Woods there, of course, of course, Ha Ha Clinton Dix, but I'm pretty sure Ha Ha is only on a one-year deal. 
I don't think he's there long term, so it's not like they're crazy invested in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Tampa Bay mentioned before. I know that they you know, um, spend a high draft capital pick in Winfield there, but they do have Evans coming off an Achilles issue, and they're certainly going for it now. I think he'd fit in nicely in that locker room there where they have a lot of other strong personalities that would be able to keep him in check. Uh, you know, I think he was kind of a vocal leader there, and with all the offseason stuff, Maybe some of the guys in the locker room knew a little bit too much and things weren't working in Baltimore anymore. But in many ways, I applaud Baltimore for what they did. You know, they thought that, hey, this isn't working out. They aren't going to keep them around to cause problems, and they moved on from them. I honestly wish teams would do that more when there's a problem instead of just letting it fester. A um, couple other options. I mean, the Texans, you know, they certainly could use some secondary help here. The Steelers I've seen mentioned, I don't really know that that makes a whole lot of sense for them with what they already have. And then the other one that kind of made some sense to me was Casey. You know, they're clearly going for it now. They have strong leaders in that locker room, and they can use some secondary help because Thornhill did well last year, but he also got injured, and he's recovering from that still. So if it's a very short-term deal, which I only expect he would come to be on, um, he's going to be out to prove something. So wherever he goes, I think he can make an impact, but it probably won't be as much in the fantasy world as real life. What about you, Paul? Yeah, uh, from a fantasy uh, perspective, this changes absolutely nothing Um, from a Baltimore perspective. um, From an actual football perspective, I think he was the number three or four safety last year, and he's one of the only true center fielders that can play that cover three position um i can see san francisco being interested in him i know that they traded buckner because of the money if he's willing not to sit there and say i signed for this year only they make a lot of sense um there's half the nfl that should be interested in him you know i'm not his agent i don't know you know, everyone's cap situation off my head. We'll kind of wait and see what happens after. Um, I can see them making a move at Logan Ryan. Um, I know he was kind of more of a corner, but when they played him at safety, he looked fine. Um, I would say Reed, but he's more of a box safety only. Um, and they already have Clark for that. Um, I don't think they roll out Deshaun Elliott because when I looked at him a couple years ago, he was round six, seven UDFA. And I think he went in round seven and he's been hurt ever since, but I don't think they roll out week one uh, with him because he is not a good football player. What do you think, Brad? Nothing else to say what you guys haven't already, so go ahead and keep going. <laughs> Sorry, reading emails and trying to do other things while I'm on, on this. All right. So go ahead and take over. Uh, this really isn't a major one. Um, it's sort of some good news if you've invested in him, but Todd Davis, you're only expecting him to be out for a couple weeks with the issue that he had. And uh, one of the guys that I'd seen thrown out a lot as far as his potential replacement if it was a longer-term issue, Justin Sternad who uh, had been sort of the backup there. 
he's out for the year now with wrist surgery, so you know he wasn't going to be doing anything there apparently anyway. So a lot of flux, as we talked about, is not to rehash it as much, but uh, Todd Davis, not a long-term issue, it looks like, assuming he recovers. Um, and another minor thing sort of like that, Nigel Bradham, sorry, Paul, was cut less than a week after he signed with the Saints. Um, this probably means that Kiko Alonso's coming along and his recovery from injury last year and or Zach Bond is better than they had expected at this point. And then the other minor one, if you guys want to comment on it all before we get to the other big one, Curtis Weaver, he was the fifth-round pick for the Dolphins. He was a really productive, highly-rated guy on the edge there coming from Boise State. He was a draft pick by the Dolphins this year. He got uh, waived due to injury, and they say it's potentially big foot issue. There isn't a whole lot of news on that, so it remains to be seen. I think he will get picked up by someone where um, he got claimed on waivers potentially too, depending on what info there is. But he's a guy with a lot of upside, so I can't imagine he just sits out there. But any of those strike you guys at all? Um, Davis, he was out two to three weeks. I don't really look into that as being much. I mean, maybe he misses the first week. All right, whatever. Um, Bradham, yeah, I think it says more about Bond uh, mentally than than anything else. Maybe he picked it up the last uh, few weeks. Bradham's been fine ever since he was in the league. He was underpaid for a minute, and the reason you think he didn't get signed was because he got overpaid, and then he wanted the money after. He still is the same uh, low-end player, but he starts that he always was. Um, and I'm sorry, what was the third... Don, Weaver. Note you... Curtis Weaver. Oh, Curtis Weaver. I thought he was a second or third rounder, not a fifth. Um, but when they waived him with the injury, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to claim I am one. If if they think that he's out a minimum of this year and maybe career ender, okay. I get it. I don't have anything uh, to say about it. I'm, I'm glad he got his signing bonus before the injury and not after for yeah. his sake. Yeah. yeah. Strike you at all, Brad. No, not really. I mean, Weaver, you know, he's super talented, but if there's a big foot issue, then there's going to be, I mean, nobody's going to jump on that until they get to the point where somebody could stash him maybe on injured reserve, you know, put him on the taxi squad or something like that. I mean, I just don't see anybody jumping on it. If it's really that significant that, you know, that a team would cut him before we even get to the season. Um, you know, and, and the interesting thing is if it was really that bad and he was really that good, then why wouldn't his team that drafted him push him over to IR because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't get clear things like, that. I mean, there's, there's so many variables there that I'm like, all of these guys for the most part are IDP irrelevant. So I'm just going to let them sit on on waivers. You know, Davis has the most potential of them all, but even at that, he's probably, you know, kind of a fringe starter some weeks. Um, you know, so it, it's it's very relevant NFL news because some of these guys could have been potential impacts on their team for the NFL, but for IDP, you know, Davis was the only one that had any any kind of relevance, and it was slight at best. You know, really, um, I hope they all get. I hope they get healed. I hope Weaver gets healed because he has a ton of talent, but mm-hmm. I just don't know. You know, if if in my mind, I was trying to work through all the different scenarios that could have taken place. It's like. Why didn't they just keep him if he was really that good, or why, you know, why isn't he on IR or something like that? So, 
Yeah. Uh, the only thing I can think of is the injury is worse than he's out for this year and the start of next year. Uh, maybe they truly fear it's a career ender for him. Yeah. Could be. Which is really sad. It actually happens a lot more amongst college freshmen and sophomores mm -hmm. because their bodies aren't uh, where they're going to be and they can't physically hold up. It's unusual to see it when you're that old, which I know I'm saying that as a 34-year-old man, but um, <laughs> it's it's unusual to see it happen that old. But again, not a doctor. The guy, if you're watching this, not a doctor, not a doctor. Didn't so. stay at a Holiday Inn recently? No, I didn't okay. play one on TV either. Yeah, fair enough. I'm a doctor of law, if that counts, but probably not for medical advice. So, nice. Uh, the only other big one, and this is a big one, Grant Delpit. They think he tore his Achilles. Um, I'm going to let you two talk on him because I know you guys were a lot higher on him than I was. A, a year ago, I was really high on him. I was really hoping Dallas was going to get him. I kind of soured on him a bit this last year. Um, so, Paul, I know you uh, had him higher up in your rankings, too. It kind of leaves Sandejo right now as his backup, and Carl Joseph is probably the only possibly IDP-relevant starter in that safety group. But what do you think about Delpit's injury and what it does for the Browns? Um, what it does for him is you hope he's fine. Um, he was never really someone that had a lot of speed anyways. Um, hopefully he can make it through um, from a... Brown's perspective, they at least have a, a someone who can hold the uh, the position. I know Sandejo is um, a little older, um, but I mean he is what he is at this yeah. point. He'll be functional, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, that's I mean that's Paul's favorite word: functional. Functional machinery, functional football. Well, it's better players. than saying he sucks. I mean, you know, it's... No, that's pretty closer to what he is. Um, IDP-wise, that's, I mean, it's a bad move, um, you know, because Delpit, I think, was the most promising of their safety group currently on the roster. Carl Joseph has had tons of upside, but he's also had tons of injuries and fallen out and all that. Um, I Once this happened, I said, man, Cleveland could be a sneaky dark horse for Earl Thomas because that's, I mean, you're kind of asking them to say play the same position, kind of that free safety role. Although in Cleveland's defense, it looks a little different, but Earl Thomas could still do it. So I immediately went, oh, maybe. I mean, he stays in the division. He might do it just so that he could beat the crap out of Lamar Jackson and, and that team twice a year. You know, I mean, you know, if you really want a revenge, then he could do it. But uh, outside of that, there's nobody on this on this safety group that I'm excited about. Um, Delpit, I was I was trying to get, and I don't know that I actually own a share of him because he went earlier than I would take him. But um, Carl Joseph, I'd watch, but I'm not picking him up. And if he's already rostered, I'm not jumping at trying to trade for him. I mean, this would fit perfectly to move into our buys and sells because I would try to sell Carl Joseph more than anything. You know, hey, he's the only functional safety they've got right now. So, uh, you know, sell him while you can kind of thing. Like if somebody's really yeah. going to bite on it, but... Uh, what do you think on well, – I know you don't like Delpit all that much, but what do you think about the safety room as a whole now, Craig, because they're even down one of their potential starters? I, I mean, I don't think there's a lot more to be said. You know, you'd be hoping, if you have Joseph, that this gives them more opportunity, especially with that linebacker group that we've discussed there that's down Mac Wilson for a while anyway. 
Um, as far as Thomas coming in there, I mean, it makes sense on paper, but with how things went last year and those personalities in that locker room anyway, I just don't know if he if he would fit. I mean, Earl Thomas seems like a tough, no-nonsense, you know, go out there and smack him around kind of guy. I just don't get the feeling that fits very well with that offense, and I don't know how that would look in practice. So maybe they need something like that. Maybe they've changed things around, but just based on how things went last year, I, I don't know if I'd be wanting to include him in that if I were the GM in Cleveland or the coach. So, Delpit, you wish him the best. I mean, hopefully it isn't a torn Achilles. You know, they don't know for sure, at least when I checked it last, but that's what they're expecting based on everything. So, wish him the best, and hopefully he comes back and plays up to how they thought he was going to when they drafted him. Yeah, the nice so thing that's now- what I had. I was about to say, nice thing nowadays is that guys come back from everything, it seems like. I mean, look at Alex Smith coming back from an injury that ended Joe Theismann, you know, 30 years ago. And, you know, see all these guys bouncing back from all sorts of crazy injuries. So I don't put anything out of the realm of possibility if the kid is a hard worker, which he appeared to be, and he's willing to put in the effort. I mean, you know, that's a tough thing as an athlete when you take a significant injury like this is how do you bounce back from it? Can you persevere and, and really, you know, that's gonna it's it's a character thing you know can he really bounce back from it so we'll see yeah so all right so the the meat of tonight's episode the reason you've all tuned in and on bated breath we're talking buys and sells tonight we're talking guys that that either were were high on that are potent and we don't want to say sleepers but guys that you should be able to get for a reasonable price and they'll be worth more than that, you know, in six months, a year, you know, even a few, potentially a few weeks, depending. Uh, and also guys that you're looking to sell, you know, and and like I mentioned, Carl Joseph is kind of a perfect type sell candidate. Um, significant injury. He's now clearly the front runner to deal with a lot of the snaps in the secondary from the safety position, things like that. So, um, Craig, we'll start with you, you know. Uh, I, I'm thinking we probably should just go buys. We'll do some buys, then we'll do some sells. Let's keep them separate so that we can clearly say these are buys, these are sells. Uh, and then when I put the article together tomorrow, when I post the podcast, it makes my life easier. I can say what's buys and what sells. Um, so, Craig, yeah. who are who are some of your buys? You can just give us a few and we'll just kind of talk about them. Then I'll get some from Paul and we'll kind of go that route. All right. Well, I had uh, two big ones here, and uh, I think Paul's pretty much the same with this. Generally speaking, I'll let him speak for himself. But when I'm talking about these guys, it's guys that I'm selling or guys that are probably at the higher end of where their value is going to get. You're trying to sell them while the value is high. And then the guys that are lower, guys that I think have a chance to have a really good year, reach their potential that we thought they had previously, but you can get them at a low price right now. Um, first one we haven't seen a whole lot of, lot out of previously, but Sione Takitaki over in Cleveland. Um, I think, you know, again, he didn't do a whole lot last year. And I don't remember offhand. I didn't look if he was injured or what. But, um, you know, it's a completely different linebacking core. Mac Wilson is injured, we know. Everything's up for grabs. He's running with the ones right now. He's certainly got an athletic profile to be able to go out there and put up numbers. So I really like him, and he's a guy you should be able to get close to a free 99 like Paul likes. And the other guy that uh, was a high draft pick and I had invested in, and I don't think I own him right now, but Leonard Williams. Um, They've said a lot of good stuff out of camp with him. We've discussed how defensive linemen generally it's harder to find a guy that's going to put up numbers for you. Um, Some interesting numbers that I found on him. Since 2015, he had the second most interior lineman pressures um, behind Aaron Donald. Or excuse me, 
He had the second most quarterback hits behind Aaron Donald since 2015. I think it was the fifth most uh, interior line pressures since that same time frame. The crux of the issue for fantasy owners, which that stuff is fine in the NFL, but he's only had 17 and a half sacks in his career, including a half a sack last year. The talk out of him is that the Giants staff, clearly they liked him because they brought him back at that price tag. And they really feel that they are able to be able to turn pressures into sacks with him. So, you know, clearly he can get pressure. He can get to the quarterback. Is he going to be able to get that final step, close it up? I like what I've seen out of him previously. It just never made him fantasy relevant. With the coaching staff talking it up and him having a really good camp, I think he's out there to prove that he's not a bust and he's able to make that money. So I really have him on my buy list where I'm able to get him. Paul? Um, as far as Taki, uh, Taki, I think the more true middle there is going to be Wilson, but I don't think um, Wilson is it Wilson or I'm sorry. It's Phillips is the rookie, I think. Ah, Phillips. I'm confusing the third round backers that play for orange teams in the Midwest. Um, uh, Phillips. Um, I think it's going to be Phillips and not him, but considering uh, the price and it hasn't been upped. Um, yeah, I can certainly see it. Um, I don't have any shares of them, but who knows? I got some shallower uh, leagues that, that maybe I do by week four. We'll see. Um, and I'm sorry, who is the other one you mentioned? Leonard oh, Williams. Uh, yeah, Leonard Williams. I've always kind of liked him more from an actual football perspective than from a fantasy, just because he plays in the middle and... He's never really had someone on the edge that you look at and fear. Um, I know that Golden was fine last year, mm-hmm. but he's never had someone that that you fear um, to help him. I don't think he breaks out in year five, but he's got the natural talent that maybe... Um, yeah. Brad, how do you feel on those guys? Yeah, um, you know, Leonard Williams has always kind of been a guy that look, on, on tape and even in college looks super talented. And, and you know, and it probably was situation more than anything. I mean, the Jets never really did him a lot of favors, and the Giants so far haven't, um, where he's just never really been able to fully um, prove the value because teams could focus, you know. I remember, I remember watching a little bit more footage on him earlier in his career, and he was getting a lot more double teams, which were harder for him to shake and really um, and really push through and cause pressure. So he's got opportunity if the Giants continue to develop that team uh, and add some talent around him to, to really come to his own. So he's, he should absolutely be a cheap option, which fits into my idea of a buy. Like if you're looking for that position, that's, a, that's an option you can go to depending on how deep your leagues are. Uh, Taki Taki, I think is interesting. Like his athletic profile isn't amazing, but he's a physical dude. And I think he's a, a really solid tackler. Um, so I think because Cleveland has such a kind of a young linebacker core, if he steps up and, and really takes control of it and is kind of the leader, the alpha in there, he could easily be fantasy relevant and, and really step up. Um, you know, they've, they've got a few, a few guys that could 
you know you could build that case for yeah. so you know t this is this is like which chip are you putting you know which uh was it which chip you're putting your money on or what you know whatever you gambling guy say i don't i don't do any <laughs> of that stuff because i'm terrible at it so i went to canada once when i was 19 and failed miserably and said no i'm done not wasting more money so Whatever you do, when you put the thing on the thing, that's what I do with Taki because him, Wilson, I mean, you could easily make the case for a lot of those guys. So I think Taki Taki is probably, you know, on waiver wires and you could easily get him. So I, he's perfectly fine as a buy for me. Um, you know, he, he was drafted at a decent range that I think, um, you know, uh, he was far enough down that nobody probably jumped all over him. So you should be able to get him and that would easily be a buy because his value could be, you know, an actual draft pick this time next year instead of free on the waiver wire. So that to me, that's a buy. Paul, who are your, uh, who are some of your buys? Um, I'll start with the more expensive ones early on the list here. Um, I'll give the three that I have the most expensive on uh, Tremaine Edmonds um, and the rookies, uh, Murray and Simmons. The reason I have Edmonds this high, um, I know they're by low show, but you can see any of these guys as being a top five overall IDP next year, and whenever you move up, that's by range. Um, Edmonds uh, specifically, yeah, he's he, he has some other guys there, Milano, Poyer, who are going to get uh, stats, but uh, whenever you're good and you're ascending and you're 20 two I think he is 23 he came out when he was 20 and people uh, they think he's just old for some reason he's not um, you're looking at somebody who you can plug in there for 10 more seasons the price might be higher I'm still all over it as far as uh, Murray he's all they have in the middle everyone else is always hurt He's the only consistent option that they're going to have. James and Hatterley, hopefully, should be keeping things uh, below them on the field. And that's going to be Kenneth Murray. And if they don't have Herbert or Taylor, who is good, which I don't think happens, the defense might be on the field uh, rather frequently. As far as Isaiah Simmons, uh, this year's it's going to be really risky. This is not a redraft answer. It's a dynasty answer. I have not seen a league where he is safety eligible. If he becomes safety eligible, either because they move on from Baker eventually, um, or he just he plays uh, safety, you're looking at maybe Jamal Adams and when you're you can get him for a high price but but not yet premium I'm interested in him what do you guys feel about those three they're not necessary I mean yes they're buys okay so in the loosest sense I would buy them um, they are definitely not buy cheap because they're going to be they are definitely not on the dollar menu or near free They're more like Best Buy like you're paying premium money to get any of those assets They're all good IDP players, and I think in time will be tops in their positions um, 
but I, you know, but the unfortunate thing when it when it comes to buying the expensive guys is you really have to make the case like this guy's going to be elite at his position for a long time and I won't have to worry about it. So then if I can if I can work that through in my mind, I can justify it, then I'll spend the money and I'll drop the draft picks on him and, and all that stuff. So I think those guys all could fit in that category. Um, I just don't know because some of them are rookies like that the hype might just might just be too high and people might just ask too much like they're buys but i wouldn't overpay like insanely um unfortunately though if they do blow up this will be the cheapest you'll be able to get them so it's kind of that you're you're really in that you're kind of damned if you do damn you don't because one way or the other you know you might have to pay pay out the wazoo craig what do you think yeah i agree on simmons just because i think he's going to take more time to flesh out what position he's playing, get one position nailed down and learn it very well. Plus, they have a lot of other guys who are producing there. We'll see how long they stick around because, you know, Peterson is getting up there in age, and a lot of those linebackers have uh, shorter contracts in Arizona. So I think he's probably more of a buy as the season goes on because I just don't think he's going to light the world on fire this year. And then if you can get him cheap, if you still believe in him, I think that's going to be your opportunity. So in that sense, I agree with it. I like the Edmonds one just in the sense that he improved quite a bit from his first year to second year. If you look at how he didn't pass coverage and then he missed tackles, he almost cut that in half. And he still had over 100 combined tackles. Paul mentioned some of those guys are going to go by the wayside that they have there. And, you know, it remains to be seen what becomes of that division. And if it's going to be more of a ground and pounded out like we'd seen in the past with, like, uh, what the AFC North had been, although that's changing now. I'm not seeing a whole lot of shootouts in that uh, division, the AFC East right now, just the way that they have their team set up there. So him being that middle linebacker that's going to eat up the tackles but also is improving in coverage i do like him as a buy but to your point i just don't know if what you're paying for him now there's going to be much of a change in his value you know what you're paying to get him now is probably where he's going to be around so if you're looking at it as a value proposition you're probably not gaining much but is he a guy that i'd love to target and if i can get him even at value if it was a position in need i'd certainly go after Edmonds. All right, so I've got a few names that I'm going to throw out, and, and I'm basing all mine off the rotoheat.com IDP rankings, looking at where we have them in our rankings. Okay, this is where we have them. They'll probably be worth more than where we have them, potentially. Um, and I'm actually going to look at guys that were hurt. So um, they were they were injured recently, and that should have dropped their price, but could bounce back and have some value. Um, first one is obviously Grand Delpit. He just got hurt today. Like, people are going to be soured on that. They're going to want to sell. Buy them for cheap. Stash them. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if that's really going to be the case. People may still go, listen, he'll bounce back. He's young. It's an Achilles. Yeah. But, hey, you know, if, you can, if you've got that league and that guy's scared because he drafted him to be a starter and now he's got nothing because he lost the guy, jump all over it. You know, give him an actual starter and just stash the kid for the future because I was a guy that did like him long term. Um, you know, and the nice thing with, with the cost of IDP guys, you know, especially some of these outside of the elite level guys, you know, kind of your top 20 guys in IDP, you're probably not going to spend an insane amount on them anyway. Uh, even if he did, you know, uh, because I don't know that I ever see Grand Elbert truly being a top 20 guy, but I see him being a safety one, you know, a top 12 safety at some point in his career. 
Uh, the other guy would be Bradley Chubb from the Broncos. You know, I have always liked him, but this guy is super red flags with the injuries. Um, the guy gets hurt a lot, but when he's on the field, he's got the ability to just blow it up. And he's got the ability, he's young enough, I think, was he 24? He's still got Von Miller. Vic Fangio is a defensive mastermind. I don't care what anyone says, he's very good with shaping defenses that give you good edge pressure, guys that are going to get sacks, going to get in there and get action. Um, so I would try to buy him cheap. I think I actually did buy him cheap in the league, like maybe a fourth-round pick or something like that this offseason. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while, and I didn't actually look to see what the trade was. But I bought him for cheap for cheap because I'm willing to stash him. If he winds up becoming a startable asset, then that's worth more to me. Um, and then the last guy actually hasn't been hurt that I know of. Um, but I've always liked him, and he's just never – He's never really been a guy that's been huge to people, but he's always been consistent. That's Matt Milano from the Bills. Um, he's kind of a sneaky back-end guy. He's more of a depth linebacker. He's never really going to be a week-to-week -week starter in my mind, but he's a guy that you can get for cheap, and he's going to give you solid production. Um, more of a tackle machine than anything else. I don't think he's necessarily a big play type guy, like pick six is kind of stuff, but he's a good tackle machine and, and going to give you consistency when he does have those good weeks. Uh, but you can get him for nothing. I mean, it's it's super cheap. So uh, those are kind of three guys that I'm interested in acquiring if if I don't already have them or haven't been able to. Craig, what do you think about those guys? I know your feelings about Grant Talbot are strong, so feel free to take all the time you need. I like uh, the Chubb one a lot, you know, and I like it more in a league where if you you have that edge position that we've talked about before, I really think he's going to have a ability to excel. Um, again, assuming he stays healthy, I feel about Fangio similarly to you do. I think he's really going to be able to utilize those pressure linebackers, and they're going to have to. Because quite frankly, they don't really have anything, as we've talked about, exciting on that interior set of linebackers. A.J. Johnson's fine if you have him as your second linebacker. I mean, I wouldn't complain about that at all, but I don't think he's anything amazing long term and the defensive line is just a whole bunch of question marks i'm not seeing anything there that's going to frighten teams um hopefully they can eat up space and the guys can get to their quarterback but i like chubb a lot because like you said he's a guy that high profile coming into the league that has played well but he's been injured and i mean you can see that where owners down where guy does really well then he gets hurt all right this happens but it happens the second and the third time they just get frustrated and want to move on from him a lot so i like that one and milano i like too i mean i think you said he's a lot younger than people think he is and he's actually improved they got him the year before they got edmonds but he's improved each of the past two years even with edmonds being there and like you said he's not a big play guy so if you're in a big play league he's probably not on your target list but if you're in a tackle heavy league and you have him as your third maybe second linebacker you probably want to improve on your second linebacker but i'd He's your third guy, and you can even flex start a third. I'd be completely happy with starting him there. I do think he's underrated, especially with Edmonds being there, so I like that one too. And Delpit, I have no problem with the concept. Um, you know, Not knowing what you're going to get from him for a year or two years, it's difficult, but if you have a large enough roster to stash him on there, conceptually I don't have a problem with it. Paul. Um, Chubb. If he's an edge or a defensive end, I don't think the value is... I don't think there's as much upside because I think that it's already been factored in. So in that respect, I agree with you. 
I just don't know if you're buying him for cheap. If he's a backer, there's a, there's upside that the league or the platform switches him to edge or end, and then you have super upside. I'm going to hit somebody here in a minute. That's the same. Um, so I'm I'm behind that one 100%, but, uh, but like we've said before, is it end, edge, backer? That's kind of a league-specific thing. No. Um, you had Delpit on here. I scratched him off my list right before the show as well. We're not doctors here. Um, as in Milano, um, yeah, I can see it. If you're looking, I, you can probably have him for LB3, and he's probably an LB2. He's not overly old. I don't know if they re-sign him with what they have on offense that's going to be hitting free agency or they're probably going to have to shell out mega money for Josh Allen here pretty quickly. Um, they might not have the money for him. And free agency is always a crapshoot. Who knows? You can have an excellent season and end up as the third best backer on your own team despite being, you know, seven, eight million a season. That's Devondre Campbell right now. Um, he might head somewhere where he gets paid no money, uh, Christian Kirksey, and 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 he starts. Thus, in the roulette wheel on that one. But I do think that there is solid upside in him um, as well. So as a general statement, I agree on all three because... Yeah, the third one's kind of incomplete for all of us. Okay, so do we have? Do either of you guys have any more buys you want to throw out? Uh, Paul, you know, Craig's obviously value million buys, and Paul's filet mignon buys. Yeah, I'll throw a couple more out there. I had probably three lists: um, the high, the medium, and the the free ninety nine. Um, you put out there Chubb. I'm going to put Harold Landry on that list. Um, and I'm going to put, I'll put Avery Williamson on that list. Um, we'll start with the easy one, Williamson. Um, he's all they have. The Jets are going to be on the field a lot uh, defensively. He's And he's proven it before. Yes, he's older. Yes, he got hurt last year. He's all they have. Um Landry is another one of those. Is he a D-end, edge, backer? Um, he had the um, he had the draft talent. He should have went in the first round. I thought he was about the 8th to 10th overall prospect his rookie year. It's really shown through. Um, he shouldn't have slipped in the mid to end of the second. Um, he is maybe not elite but he's close um and if you have a league or a platform where they're going to switch all these edge guys and they become defensive ends you're looking at making two three four ten times your money when they switch over because they're just good they're just so much more valuable when they're against other edges versus being 
hey, you're playing against. Um, I'm trying to think of the top backers right now, and I'm drawing a blank right now. The Luke Keekleys of the world. I know he 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 hung them up this year um, against those types. Um, Leonard Littleton. You don't want to be head to head against them, but yeah, that's somewhat of a different argument. But but that's my middle tier buys. Craig, what's your thoughts? Oh, I think we lost Craig's audio. No, he's muted. No, I was no. muted by accident. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it seems like we have, uh, we've talked about Williamson every week for a month here, and it seems like that situation just continues to evolve. I liked Williamson before. I think if he's over his knee injury, he's going to produce for you. And really with that defense, he has the potential to be a linebacker one for you. I'm not saying it's going to happen. If I had to put money on it, I'd say it doesn't. But just with that situation and with his ability proven before, he certainly has the potential to do that. But that's a wide swath that he has. I mean, he could be a linebacker four at the end of the year. He could be a linebacker one. So if you can get him cheap, I love the buy as a flyer. And uh, Landry, I've, I've never been as high on as uh, a lot of people, it seems. I like him and he produces, but he just really ends up falling in that. And maybe I have some sort of bias that I'm not aware of against him for some reason. Because there's a lot of guys that fit into that sort of tweener. Like, it really depends on if you want to start him or not, what position he has. Um, if you have an edge position, it's great. And if for some reason, some league he's D-end eligible. Of course, I love it. I think he, that'd be amazing. I just haven't seen it, I guess, in the leagues that I'm in. And he's generally labeled as a linebacker before the year. So I'd probably need to reevaluate this once we have more data in that edge position and where he falls into it. But if you have that edge position, like I said, a defensive line, which would be a blessing, um, I'd be looking at what your league is thinking about doing in the future because it very well could change with a lot of these edge positions now becoming more and more available. I mean, you know, you always got to be reevaluating, but yeah, I mean, he's fine. He just doesn't move the needle for me at all. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really hate on him. I don't really have anything significant to add, so I, I don't knock the, the the buys. I mean, I can't say that I've targeted any of those guys specifically, but when you you know you made the case and it makes sense. And it fits into what a buy could be. Um, they could all of those guys could potentially return more value than what you pay for them. So works for me. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of sells. You know, I know I think we're I don't know 45 minutes in, so I'll, I'll kick out my couple of sells real quick, and we can bounce them around, and then we'll just go from there. I'm going to look at at sells. So when I think of a sell, I don't know that the guy's value is going to be any higher than he is right now. Um, I'm going to throw out probably I'm going to throw out three names, all linebackers. Um, and they're all near the top of Roto Heat's rankings, but they're all guys that I want really nothing to do with. Um, Deion Jones from the Falcons, Roquan Smith from the Bears, and Leighton Van Der Esch from the Cowboys. Leighton Van Der Esch will be a hard sell because the dude's already, you know, I mean, he's hurt a lot, and that's yeah. a pretty significant injury. But he's one of those that I, that I put an asterisk next to. As soon as he has a few big games, sell him, you know, while, while, he's, got, while he's got some value back. I love the player, but that injury concern is always going to be there because you necks are not anything to joke around about. Like you only get one of those. You ruin vertebrae, you crush compound, any of that stuff. Like you can't fix that very easily, and some of it you can't fix at all. Um, Deion Jones, very same. You know he he gets hurt a lot when he's on the field. He's super talented. 
a leader of that defense, but I'm I'm just not sold on him staying healthy long enough for for long enough to really be successful for me. And then uh, Roquan Smith, it's it's more. It's not necessarily the, the the team, the situation. It's more the player. I just don't know that I, I buy him long term, just because of the, the the way that he's he's played and the way he's kind of been so up and down. Um, I'm just not sure I'm sold on. I think the hype's bigger than what the production really is on the player. So I, those are all guys that I think his their values are probably as high as they're going to be right now. And if I can sell them, I'm selling them. Truth be told, I think Roquan Smith is the only one I own a share of, and I think he's like my LB two. So I'm not moving him just because I, I haven't had any real good offers that I'm going to jump on. Um, for my LB2, I'll, I'll just let him sit there, and, and he's for, certainly fine for bye week filling. Uh, Craig, go ahead and start with you. Uh, if you have anything to add, feel free to add. If you if you like them, don't like them, feel free to add. What are your takes on themselves? Um, I The Deion Jones one I get from the perspective that I think it was a – was it a foot injury or knee injury? I think it was a foot injury for Jones, right, with it, when he went out in 2018. I mean, I that's so. been the only major injury that he's had, and he bounced back from it last year. I mean, if it was a reoccurring thing, I could see it, but given that he's what, 25, 26. 25, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that I'd be looking to sell him. If I got some sort of crazy premium, of course, you know, value-wise, I'd do it. But if you already have him with the way he's produced and just really one – big injury issue um I, I guess i wouldn't really be looking to sell him vanderesh is a cowboys fan i completely agree and i'm i'm scared for the guy personally you know they say oh he's doing all right this and that it, lip service is easy um if he feels comfortable going out there that's great more power to him i'm not gonna you know be one to try to say that he shouldn't but I don't know that I'd be able to do that knowing that in this game you're one hit away anyway and it appears he just has a higher likelihood of having that one hit happen to him. Um, and Roquan, he's just a guy that's like, yeah, he's fine. I mean, he produces, but he doesn't wow me. So I guess if that's what you're getting at, you're not sure how he fits in in that. You can probably find a Bears fan or someone else, like a Georgia fan, that's going to take him and um, – give you a nice price for him, I'd be fine selling him, too. He doesn't wow me in any regard. Paul? Yeah, um, LVE. I'm not an ex-surgeon. That whole thought scares me. Me, too. From a fantasy perspective and from an actual human perspective, he would be, yeah, he's on my cell. I'm not, I don't own any shares. I don't plan on owning any shares. That one scares me. Um, as far as um, Smith, can can I sell him in the one league I have him before I include him on the list? He's my <laughs> he, he's my LB four or five on that team. Can I sell him before I include him? Um, and I'm sorry, who is the third? Oh, Jones. Um, he's more of a hold for me. Um, they don't have much up the middle, and the only guy worth anything now plays what thousand miles away um i don't know if i would actively sell him i can see the argument that he's a little injury prone but i i still have him in one league and i'm fine owning him he has top five um fantasy player upside whether he hits it or not uh, we'll see but he does have that upside so I agree on two of the three. 
All right, Craig, who are yours? I'm going to give you two names that are just, um, you know, they're big names, um, and I'm looking to sell them for different reasons. One, TJ Watt, just based on the, the season that he had last year, I don't see him consistently reproducing as the linebacker one. I mean, he had 192.5 points with the Roto Heat scoring. And I, I think he's a great NFL player, but if I have him, I'm looking to sell him just because I don't think that's sustainable long-term. I mean, I know the guy's got a motor. Um, they have a really nice defensive setup there in general. But I think if you're able to get him based off of what he did last year at a really high sell value, I'm looking to sell him all over just because I don't think he repeats it. And similarly, from the same team, and no, I'm not hating on the Steelers, Neil O'Donnell gave the Cowboys a Super Bowl win, so I'm always going to be grateful for that. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick is the other one. The guy is just maddeningly inconsistent for me, and I don't want that in a defensive back. I want a guy that I know to count on. Um last season he had eight weeks with five or more solos and seven weeks with three or fewer. And when you're looking at a defensive back again, yeah, he'll have that game where he gets you two picks or a pick six or, you know, a couple fumble recoveries. He does make those big plays, but I personally don't look for that in a safety. I'm looking for a guy that I can get consistent eight to 10 points out of tackles on, and I'll call it a day with that. So, Fitzpatrick has a big name, especially, you know, he was drafted high, but then that trade that occurred last year for him and going to the Steelers and having a couple of those big games. So if you can sell him based off of that, like I have seen in actually Paul and I's main league, he got traded in uh, what I thought was a great sell for the owner that had him. Um, I'm all over selling him too. Paul. Um, I'm sorry, who are the two names? I had some audio issues and I couldn't couldn't hear them. I'm sorry. T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. The two Steelers, that's right. Um, T.J. Watt, I agree with, just because you're never going to see the price again. Um, If you do have it, uh, if you have the same season he had uh, last year, the price is the same. Uh, That's a sell for me. Um, As far as Minka, yes, I would like a little more consistency. If I do have a team where the offense is reasonably consistent I will own him if I do not I do not want to own him I agree with the sentiment behind that one 100% Brad yeah I don't hate either uh, you know I, I can't <laughs> say that I'm, I'm selling TJ Watt um, it's only because I don't own him I never, I never bought them as high as people. That were makes it difficult. Them. Yeah. Yeah. You can't sell something you don't. Have. I don't own shares in either. Um, I, for some reason, historically speaking, I never really have any Steelers on my team. I can't say I hate the Steelers. I don't know. I guess I just don't really care for them. Um, yeah. I mean, it, both of them make sense just from the point that you know a, a perfect sell is somebody who is probably not going to be worth any more than they are now. Uh, and if you don't think they're elite enough to stay at their at their ceiling, kind of where they're at for long term, sell them. I don't, I mean, for T.J. Watt, I could see because they're such hard workers, I could see him staying at this kind of value for a few more years. So if you're if you're hurting at linebacker and he's kind of your guy, unless you're getting a, an uber good deal, I'd be okay holding him because I think he's a good enough linebacker that he'll keep the value. I just that defense always seems to be hit or miss. Like it always seems to be kind of up and down when it comes to 
you know, if, if they're hurting a linebacker and, and teams shift all their blocking to worry about blocking T.J. Watt, then you, you know, in theory, you make him irrelevant. But if they keep having other guys, you know, if De- the Devin Bush types keep producing and, and teams don't yeah. have enough to block just, you know, don't have to focus on one, you know, then Watt stays valuable. Um, but that's, you know, obviously on Pittsburgh, making sure they got good linebackers. So at this point, I'm okay with the sell. I'm okay with the hold. I definitely am not buying him. So, you know, can't argue that. Megan Fitzpatrick, I've never been a big fan of. I didn't like him in in, um, in Miami. I You know, the move to safety helped him, but I just don't, I don't think he's ever going to be consistent. So selling him, if you can sell him for a fair price, if you could get like a late second, I'd take that. You know, like if somebody says, I'll give you a late second, I'm like, all right. I don't know that yeah. you'll get it, but, uh, you know, that's kind of where I'd be. Like, if, if that's the high point, if you can get somewhere, like, the end of the second round, I'd jump all over it. Paul, who are yourself? All right. Um, I'm going to give you three guys who are off the edge. I'm going to give you Marcus Davenport, Daniil Hunter, and Khalil Mack. Um, as far as the Davenport one goes... Um, if you're going to be on the edge, uh, you really have to finish the job, and he doesn't get a lot of sacks. Um, I don't think he ever reaches his, his full uh, potential there. Um, and he's, uh, if you're going to be in uh, New Orleans, reaching that is, is, is a job for the axe man. There it is. There's your one per show, everybody. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I could, when right, he beats around the it. bush, you know it's coming. Well, you know. There's your one per show. There's your one per show. Uh, Daniil Hunter and Khalil Mack, I'm not scared about them. I'm scared about the help they have. Um, Hunter, he doesn't have a lot of help up the middle. Um, And Khalil Mack, he lost his only guy that um, could produce anything up the middle in Goldman. Um, I just... Uh, Daniil Hunter might be the DN one, and there are four to five others who I'd rather have over him right now. Um, and Khalil Mack, he he didn't get a lot of help last year because I think they got worn out defensively. They didn't upgrade their offense, and the defense lost arguably from an actual football perspective, their most important player. And I know it seems really odd to, to say that about Goldman, but if you've ever played actual football and you tried to play it without an offensive line or a defensive line, have fun. It's it's a recipe for getting smoked. And I think you can still get something for uh, Mac, even if he is LB only eligible. And uh, Daniil Hunter, you should be able to get a lot for, and I don't think he repeats the sack numbers. What do you guys think of those three? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm perfectly fine with them. I know I traded Hunter mid-season last year in a league um, because I had I think Josh Allen was my back uh, was my was my defensive end too, and he was starting to really come into his own. So I you know the guy offered me a crazy deal, I took it. There were some offensive pieces, defensive stuff, picks, all that. Um, so I'm perfectly fine with that, but you should be able to get a really good return on, on Hunter. Uh, the other ones, Khalil Mack, you probably can just because of the name. Like, people seem to buy the name uh, where the production is. I mean, he's very Minka Fitzpatrick-like, where he's either going to be big yeah. or not. I mean, it's just he's he's helpful for you or he kills you. I mean, and that that's... 
that's perfectly fine as a sell. Craig, what do you think about about some of those guys? Yeah, I mean, we haven't had a whole lot of disagreements here, which makes kind of for a boring podcast and live show sometimes. But I don't have a problem with either one of them. I mean, I question if you're going to get what you feel is fair for Hunter just because I still feel he's going to produce. They have some guys on the defensive line that aren't huge names that I think are going to be able to get some pressure, and it's not just going to be a one-man show there in Minnesota. So we'll see how that pans out. But I I just question if you're going to get – what do you perceive as that top-end value for a hunter? Uh, Mac, it's kind of like what we talked about with Fitzpatrick, so I won't belabor the point like you said with him. The name sells a lot, and if you're not happy with that inconsistent production, some people are fine with it, and Paul alluded to your team makeup matters a lot for that. If you have that consistent offense that's pretty high scoring, you can go for those guys that are you know, boomer bust that are either going to just have you destroy your opponent or you know, be a little closer, but you win more than you lose. I'm generally not that sort of way on my defense. I, oddly enough, I am on offense and not defense. So whatever that says about me, uh, go for it. You know, as far as psychoanalyzing me, but yeah, I agree with uh, Mac on the same premises. Okay, so as we as we wrap up the show, um, I know we have some non IDP related questions, which is fine. We'll answer whatever you got. This is still fantasy football, ultimately. Um, just remember, you know. If you're on YouTube watching, like, subscribe, hit the notification icon so you can stay up to date. Um, we are not only going live, you know, most nights of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday and Sunday during the season. Um, we have player outlooks. We have all sorts of content that we that we put up on, on YouTube. If this is the pod that you're listening to after the fact, leave a rate and review. We, uh, we love to hear from you. I, I love the feedback. As the guy who produces these and puts them together for, for podcast after the fact, Tell me what you like, what you don't like, because then we can we can plan better for the future. Uh, but ultimately, thank you guys for hanging out with us. What do we have by way of questions, Mr. Craig? All right, we got a couple from our good friend Joss Whedon over on YouTube. So it says he painfully traded away John Smith for 2.9. It's a tight roster required in shallow league. Was that good enough value? And as a Post note, it allows him to either keep Will Disley or should I cut him and go after Adam Troutman? Um, personally, I think that's great value for Janu. I like Janu as a flyer, but if you can get 2-9 for him, I love the move. Um, I would cut Disley just because that tight end crew in Seattle is a mess. You just don't know what you're going to get between Olsen and Hollister and... Disley, and there's another guy there that I can't remember at the moment. But if you can stash Troutman, I love it because I think he's got a really good situation where he's at. What do you guys think on that one? Paul? Um, it. I would want to see who's up there at 2-9. I don't have a problem with it. I just want to see who's up there. Um, as far as the Disley thing, yes. Um, if, if you're in a shallower league and you release him, for somebody that, and I'll be honest, I'm just uh, some idiot who does a Monday and Thursday show. Sean Payton has a pretty good track record. I trust him, even though he did he drafted Traquan Smith, and that just didn't work out. But um, he's got a fairly solid record. I like him also. Um, I'm not a huge fan of him, but. Peyton's a smarter eye than 
any of the three of us and any of us that are on the staff. True story. Yeah. You so. know, you know, and when you're talking about Johnny, like it, it makes me think that Jaws has got a tight end one ahead of him. Uh, you know, if you're trading your true tight end one for two nine, I'd probably look to see what's there because ultimately you're still going to have to find that starting tight end. Uh, but my assumption on this is that you've already got a starting tight end and John, who's kind of been your backup. I would take two nine for it and be fine with it because uh, in most leagues, you're still going to get good value there. You know, and most of the leagues that I've drafted two nine and back, you're still getting a quality receiver or running back. I mean, even, you know, if you love Cole Komet, I'm a big Cole Komet fan. He's been there in basically every draft I've seen. Uh, I don't think I've seen even my tight end premium leagues. I don't think I've seen him go earlier than kind of the back half of the second. So um, I'd be okay with that. It doesn't, that doesn't bother me at all. Uh, Troutman's the better kind of flyer to take. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm not huge on either. So if you, you know, if you want to go a different direction, I wouldn't fault you. You know, if there's a better stash out there. Um, definitely keep your options open. Anything else, Craig? And then, yeah, the other question is 112 and a late second in 2021 enough for McCole Hardman and Ryan Tannehill? And uh, I don't have any info on if it's a two QB league. I'm going to assume it's not just based on the offer here. But would you call 112 and a late second next year enough for Hardman and Tannehill? What do you think, Brad? Probably not, just because I know people are super hyped on McCole Hardman. Um, Tannehill, you know, in a one QB, he's, I mean, he's probably worth a second, I guess, if you want, you know, he's going to be there for a little bit longer and he's got value. You know, we saw healthy Tannehill was successful and, and certainly um, good for filling and, and even potential starter in a, in a pinch. So um, I don't hate the offer. Like, I'm not a big McCole Hardman fan, but we're already hearing, you know, Tyreek Hill's got, um, you know, his, what was it, hammy, groin, whatever it was that that's sore, you know, so it never yeah. hurts to have his backup and, and a guy that uh, could potentially get some snaps as time goes on. We know Patrick Mahomes is going to be there for 10 years, and if he likes McCole Hardman, McCole Hardman eventually will be valuable. So if you can get the owner to take the deal. Oh, he says it's super flex. Um, Josh says super he says flex. No- no super flex. Oh, no super flex. I'm sorry. I saw super flex. My chat isn't all the way open. <laughs> I was like, dude, if that's super flex, it's probably going to take that one, two to get Tannehill. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, if you can get the guy to bite on it, I do it because that gets you, you know, if you need depth at both positions, it's okay. Um, if you don't need depth and, and it's more just kind of like, uh, you know, you're just going after guys you like, I probably wouldn't just because neither of those guys are probably going to be weekly starters for you, at least for a little while so i would probably look elsewhere if you really you know depends depends on what your team needs at this point like that's that's a lot to give up for guys that aren't going to be weekly starters for you what do you think paul yeah all right we're an hour and four minutes the love fest is over disagree um Tannehill, he's probably worth a third um Nicole hardeman <laughs> yeah woo, big, that's the revelation no. big disagree big revelation there. <laughs> no um Nicole Hardeman, I want a, a little more consistency, and I don't think he provides it. Um, I'd rather have the first and the extra from what Tannehill is to the second. Um, I value talent over situation, and I don't think he has a whole ton of it. I think he just beats their eye, which is really odd because I love ceh but 
Um, I'm going to mention here in uh, in a minute before we head off in a one minute buy sell. And again, I preach talent over situation. And I think I don't think he's situation only, but I think he's mostly a situational player. So I disagree. I would rather hold uh, the picks. Greg, I don't hate the move, but I would rather hold hold the picks. Yeah, I mean, he says it's very tight roster requirements, and that always plays into it, especially, you know, we're not going to require people to submit their whole rosters because that's kind of what you need to do to do a complete evaluation. But going off the info that we have, and I do like that we aren't told which side he's on here because, uh, you know, it takes away some of that bias. You know, if it's a tight roster requirement, if it's a 12-team league like he says it is, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the 112 and a late second, I, for me personally, it's too much. I mean, you can find a starting quarterback that you can live with probably better than Tannehill and probably just as cheap, if not cheaper. I mean, I, I don't think Tannehill is worth a late second in a 1QB league personally. If you could get both of them for the 112 or, you know, I don't know what a player throwback or a later pick, I'd be fine with it, but... Like you said, Brad, I have a hard time thinking Tannehill is going to be his starter and that Hardman is going to start for you unless Tyreek is hurt. If you already have Tyreek, uh, maybe I see a little bit differently. But I'm not sold on Tannehill long term. I mean, he's had one good season. I know he was in that mess in Miami for so long. But um, it's a little rich for my blood as far as I think the picks are a little bit more valuable than you're getting back. But... I also don't think it's absurd or it's going to draw disdain from either side if it gets accepted in the league. So, well, yeah, absolutely. What else we got, Craig? Anything else? Nope, that was it so far. All right. And, uh, okay. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, we got five at the current time watching on YouTube. So thank you guys, and feel free, like Brad said, send us any questions. Yep. This is the perfect time. You know, anybody listening on the podcast at a later date. Uh, you want your questions answered live on the air? Doesn't you know IDP offense defense, Debbie? You know we will answer whatever questions you got. Um, we're not afraid to, uh, to 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 hit the heavy topics and, and have fun with it. So um, you know we thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, we appreciate Jaws and the crew and all the guys that that come out on a regular basis and 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 help support the channel and, and chit chat with us. It's always great. Um, you know. This is this is uh, this is what we love doing. We're we're here to help, and that's what we do at Roto. We help you out. Uh, so if we can, join us on Facebook, join us on Discord, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Those you know, for those of uh, you that do Twitter, there are some of us that do Twitter as well. Not Paul. If you want him, go to Facebook. Uh, for Craig and Paul and the rest of the Roto team, uh, we'll see you guys here tomorrow night for Dynasty. Thanks for listening to the IDB Heat Seekers podcast with Brad Menendez, Craig Reith, and Paul Belden. You can find us over on Twitter at Roto Heat Fantasy or at RotoHeat.com.